0: How did we not name this podcast Spooky Schwitz?
1: Oh my god! We had like
0: 500 names for this podcast. How was that not one of them?
1: Man! Missed opportunity. Well, we're, we're getting it in here. Spooky Schwitz.
0: <laughs>
1: Hello and welcome to episode two of Call Your Monster. My name is Jen. I'm a writer from Los Angeles. Who would have thunk? I'm Jewish. I like
0: spooky shit. My name is Adam. I am also a writer in Los Angeles who is Jewish, who likes spooky shit. Whoa, What? crazy. How are we friends?
1: What? Uh,
0: So what are we going to be talking about today, Jen?
1: Today we're going to be talking about The golem myth, which you may or may not be familiar with, you probably are. So before, I guess before we get into the meat of all that, just a little bit of... Is it meat? Is it meat? Yeah, that's a great (laughs) question. Great segue. What is a golem? What makes a golem a golem? It's sort of, like most things in Jewish mythology or in any mythology, a little up to interpretation. The word golem itself only actually appears once in the bible it appears in psalms 139 16 and it sort of means shapeless mass in the talmud appears a little bit more the word means unformed or imperfect adam himself is considered a golem for the first 12 hours after his creation because he doesn't have a soul
0: the other one not me
1: yeah other adam i don't have a this soul. one you're just still a golem basically yeah. Yep. Um. So sort of the common denominator I guess I should say amongst, there's, there's a lot of debate about what does or doesn't make a golem, we'll talk a little bit about how, how you could theoretically make a golem I suppose. But it has to check off a few boxes, it has to be made by man, it has to be made out of inorganic material, soil, mud, clay, etc. And a golem has no soul. Okay, so it's sort of, as, as we'll get into later, it is sort of this Frankenstein's monster. It's the basis for frankenstein's monster what Spoilers. spoiler alert for later <laughs> yes it's also said that the prophet jeremiah made a golem but there's a little bit of debate whether or not that was literal or just him him dabbling in
0: some weird mystical shit um, but in, yeah <laughs> just a friday yeah. night nope not on shabbat but yeah
1: there are naturally as one might expect having this creature do your bidding is an appealing thing so there was a lot of debate about how you can make a golem and bring it to life to do your bidding. Um, instructions to make a golem possibly first appear in the Sefer Ye- Yezirah? Sefer Yezirah? Sounds, sounds right. Sounds correct. It's courageous. all transliteration.
0: It's, yeah. like yeah. like it's
1: all transliteration. It was a medieval book of Jewish mysticism, had some spellcraft, fun stuff like that, spooky shit, and there are some instructions in there, but naturally they're not exactly cut and dry. Basically. Theoretically, if you wanted to make your own golem, don't try this at home. You would shape this inorganic material, this clay, this mud, whatever you got, into a humanoid figure. And this is where we sort of, this is where it's sort of up for debate. Some versions of the legend or some instructions tell you to use God's true name to bring the golem to life. If one were to use God's name to bring a golem to life, What you would do is sort of, you would spell out God's true name in Hebrew. And I don't, I won't say you would do a little dance, but how do I describe this? You would like sort of walk in one direction while spelling out God's name. And
0: if you. That feels like a Jewish, like sobriety test. It does.
1: It does. It's like a sobriety test to the next level. If you're successful, like you bring a creature to life. I don't know what happens if you're not successful. I guess it just doesn't come to life and
0: you look like an idiot. Honestly, it's probably good that drunk people don't successfully create life.
1: Yeah, yeah. It feels like it's a good way of weeding out any like drunk golem making. So, if you use God's name to bring a golem to life, uh, and you say, wanted to kill this golem so that it wasn't alive anymore, uh, you would just basically do the reverse. You would spell out God's name backwards while walking or doing those same movements backwards. Again, kind of a sobriety test. I guess you have to really want to kill the golem if you're going to, because it actually requires a little bit more thinking. And in other versions of the myth, so you know, you've know, you got this one way of bringing the golem to life using God's true name. In another version of the myth, you write the word emet, meaning truth in Hebrew, on the golem's forehead. And to kill the golem, because there's there always has to be a way to kill the golem, as we'll get into, he would erase the first letter of Emmet, the Aleph, which would only leave behind the words the word met, meaning death in Hebrew. And the third way to create a golem is to write God's name on parchment. This one's actually the easiest method. This is probably the method I would go for. You write God's name on parchment, you stick it in the golem's arm or mouth, and then you just pull it out when you want to
0: kill the golem. That just feels so much easier than saying the whole name of God. And then also saying the whole name of God, but backwards. <laughs>
1: and then doing a little dance too. Although I guess then if you want to kill the golem and it's wreaking havoc, you have to then get close enough to pull the parchment out. So I guess...
0: Just use a T-Rex grabby arm.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So I think that's my method of choice for creating a golem. Um... The golem myth, sort of as we know it too, is best tied to Rabbi Judah Lo Ben Bezalel, known as the Maharal of Prague. He was this great mind, a very famous rabbi. And during the Middle Ages, he created a golem from clay to protect the Jewish community of Prague. So during this time, and it's sort of like everything, up to interpretation, exactly what was going on and who was attacking us at this point in our our history of being persecuted, But let's say it was around Easter of 1580, there was a Jew-hating priest who was basically fanning the flames of anti-Semitism by peddling this idea of blood libel, which if you recall from last episode, it's this idea that Jews use the blood of Christian children in their rituals, specifically in making matzah. Doesn't do much, especially during the Middle Ages, to make people like us or accept us. So there was a priest. He was spreading this. There was a lot of anti-Semitism going around. So Rabbi Lowe created this golem to protect the community. But as is often the case in these golem slash Frankenstein stories, the golem's destruction got a little out of hand. His creator decided maybe this wasn't a great idea. And he decided it was time to kill the golem. So some legends still say, and of course, depending on versions of this myth, either Rabbi Lowe wrote Emmet on the golem's forehead, or he used God's true name. Whatever the case, he, ultimately this golem turned on its creator, and Rabbi Lo had to kill the golem before it killed any more innocent people. Some legends say that the lifeless corpse of this golem still resides in the attic of Rabbi Lowe's Prague Synagogue which is super cool. And there's actually a Golem Museum in the Jewish quarter of Prague, which I think would be an awesome place to visit.
0: I think we should go on a field trip.
1: I think we should too.
0: When we get any sort of uh, a corporate sponsor, Manischewitz, I'm looking at you. Please sponsor our podcast. <laughs> Please send us to Prague. I really want
1: to go to the Golem Museum.
0: I will eat every piece of matzah you make. Just send me to Prague.
1: It, it can even have blood in it. I'm not saying we would kill anybody, but I will eat matzo that it contains blood. <laughs> Can I say that in our Jewish
0: podcast? It's not anti-Semitic if it's self-hating.
1: It's self-hating. It it, it is 100% self-hating. I just want to go to Prague.
0: Yeah, who doesn't? It feels like a beautiful city. Also, uh, Tourism Bureau of Prague.
1: You want to sponsor us? (laughs) We'll spread stories about violent, bloodthirsty beings in your city, but...
0: of other violent, bloodthirsty beings, I kind of wanted to take a, a little bit of time to talk about things that that seem like they're golems but aren't, um, just because it's, it is a little bit hard to find examples in, in other literature that are exactly contemporary iterations of golems, but you can see how golems and their myth have impacted other pieces of literature, so we'll get into those in a minute. So we talked a little bit about what makes a golem a golem. They have to be made by man, made out of inorganic material, and they can't have a soul. So there are some things that seem like they would be golems, but aren't because they're made by a deity. Uh, So that's a lot of creation myths, uh, like Prometheus creating humanity, um, which, you know, some people say all he did was bring fire down to us, which was a pretty big deal because now he gets his liver eaten by uh, an eagle every day. Um, but there's also, at least in this text called the Pseudo-Apollodorus, uh, it says that Prometheus actually created humanity. Um, there's also Enkidu, uh, who was created in the Epic of Gilgamesh, who is in Mesopotamia, created by Aruru uh, in Egyptian mythology, which which predates Yahwism, which was the predecessor to Judaism, by about a thousand years. Uh, Hnum was uh, created out of clay, but also by a deity, uh, and even the supreme deity of Zoroastrianism, which was the first monotheistic faith, uh, had Ahura Mazda, who is the supreme deity, create a golem ox and a golem person. So all of those seem like golems, but aren't because they're created by a deity. There's also some things that seem like golems, but aren't that are made out of organic material. So things like Frankenstein, which was made out of a bunch of corpses. Uh, there are food-based golems, bet you never thought about the gingerbread man, uh, you know.
1: Looking at you, Pillsbury Doughboy. Uh, Yeah,
0: exactly. The Pillsbury Doughboy was just secretly, uh, a golem, but edible, but also he's raw dough, right? So.
1: So he might actually kill you if you kill him. If you eat him, you might get salmonella and die.
0: That's true. Oh my God, the violent nature of the golem come to life all over again. Um, so the gingerbread man, uh, and also this Russian doughboy, uh, not to be mistaken for the Pillsbury, who is, now that we've established, a murderous son of a bitch. There was the Kolobok, which was a Russian doughboy, and both of these were uh, created or discussed by this guy, uh, Bertolt Auerbach, who was a Jew, uh, who wrote about the gingerbread man. And then there's uh, there was that Pixar short that came out called Bow, which also has yeah. a different little doughboy, much less murdery, but with a complicated relationship with his mother. Uh, Which is very Jewish.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's about food. I mean. (laughs) That's true. Uh,
0: That's true. (laughs) So and then there's the there's a Greek myth of the Pygmalion and Galatea um, who Galatea was carved out of ivory, which is technically an organic material. Not technically. It is organic material. Um, But Pygmalion is this Greek figure who carves the statue Galatea and then falls in love with her, brings her to life. Um, which is also the inspiration for the, uh, Play My Fair Lady, play, musical?
1: All of the things? I mean, it's a play and a musical?
0: It's a, plusical. It's a plusical. Uh <laughs> Seussical the ploozical. Um, <laughs> no, so it's always the inspiration for My Fair Lady, and then Neil Lebute's uh, play The Shape of Things, which was also, I think, a movie, um, I was in a version of that in college, oh, which uh, wow. it was not good.
1: What role did you play?
0: I, so there's a character named Adam, but I played Philip. <laughs> uh, and that, it was actually a good play. Um, it was just very depressing. So then there's also things that are, uh, in contemporary times, sort of golem adjacent. Um, so there's uh, like AI and automatons, automatons being the predecessor to robots as we see them now, like started in the 1800s which aren't necessarily able to move of their own volition. Um, But AI is, but it doesn't necessarily have a corporeal form. Mm -hmm. Um, Then there's also in comics, there's Wonder Woman, who uh, was in theory carved out of clay by her mother Hippolyta, but in some versions, uh, and like Hippolyta is a semi-deity, but also possibly not. And then in various versions, she was also carved out of clay by Zeus or by Hades and Hippolyta um so she is she also I don't know who knows what the soul is that's the entirety of Judaism but it does seem like she has a soul but uh Jen pointed out earlier that possibly one of the best examples of a contemporary golem is Mithrigan otherwise known as (laughs) Megan uh from the movie that just came out about the murderous AI doll because she is inorganic material she was designed to protect and has an urge to kill Uh, and was created by man, and is also like, I mean, what is code if not the name of God, I guess? Yeah,
1: right. Yeah. And she's got to be destroyed by her creator. That's true.
0: That's true. That's the only way to get her out. Yeah, Megan works as a golem example, and that's hilarious to me.
1: And there's also in Megan this idea of her being created in order to protect somebody, which I guess sort of bringing it back to earlier in the episode but also to our last episode this discussion of this weird interplay in jewish folklore between okay we're afraid of the mon you know we're afraid of the monster but we're also afraid of being seen as monsters and i think it's so interesting that with the golem story it's not just this you know it's not just this spooky guy we created to help us do farm work that was part of it but specifically the the rabbi uh rabbi lo of prague created this golem to help him out but also to protect the jewish community because we were under attack as we tend to be throughout history um and yes the golem ultimately does usually turn on its creator in every version of the myth (laughs) but i think it's just so interesting oh my god
0: that's even true in (laughs) bow
1: yeah (laughs) is it Bao? i've never seen bow we'll cut that (laughs) or later today i will watch bow um yeah no and
0: i think that's that's like very true you know there is this idea of a need to protect and also a need to protect ourselves from the protection i guess it is sort of the like you put up a monstrous front to protect yourself maybe that's what it is maybe it's sort of like you wear this mask of you know trying to protect yourself and then that mask has a tendency to bite you in the butt Mm -hmm. um but in this case biting you in the butt means murdering a bunch of people you Pillsbury Doughboy, I know where you live. It's in my fridge. I
1: don't know, you and your salmonella. Um, Well, and also I think there's this idea too, not that it necessarily is the answer to everything, but it's also interesting that creating a golem, which is kind of ends up being fighting violence with violence, doesn't work. The golem ultimately starts killing innocent people in pretty much every iteration of the myth, and that ends up not being the answer
0: i don't know i know i don't
1: quite know what to make of that but
0: sometimes you just gotta punch a nazi man
1: yeah i mean i would create a golem to punch nazis
0: i don't know i think i would punch the nazis myself i want that
1: maybe that's what it's about like we we gotta go and punch the nazis ourselves. <laughs>
0: there we go that's the end of our episode go out and <laughs> okay. punch some nazis don't let a golem do it for you so punch some nazis watch out for the pillsbury doughboy Tune in next week uh, when we talk about more Jewish monsters. Stay safe out there.
1: Beware of salmonella.
0: everyone thanks so much for listening to this episode of call your monster if you like what you heard and want to hear more feel free to subscribe if you have questions or have monsters that you want us to talk about you can let us know in the apple podcast rate and review section or message us on instagram at call your monster where we'll have a glossary of words we used this episode as well as some almost funny memes we'll see you next week